A very warm welcome to How Do You Hear? This is a space for us to share our stories and points of view around healing, energy work, spirituality and our visions for the new earth. My name is Dr. Hannah Arnold and I help people clean up on the inside through uncovering and shifting deeply rooted blocks such as limiting beliefs, stuck emotions and traumas. Because with clarity you can actually reconnect with who you truly are, become conscious of your purpose here on earth during this amazing time of transformation and become free to shape your unique journey from an inner place of joy, ease and confidence. This podcast is dedicated especially to those of you who, just like myself, come from a very academic, businessy or old world professional background or grew up without any connection to spirituality and alternative ways of healing. I hope our time together will touch you, nourish you and spark your curiosity in new ways. So much love from my heart to yours and, of course, enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome to another episode of How Do You Hear? I'm so, so excited to be welcoming Jay Bradley today. Hi, Jay. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm really good. You know, it's um, you're, you're actually, um, it's your morning, right? And it's my evening. So you're in California. I'm in Berlin. It's, yes. I always it love is. that possible you know to hop on a call and be in completely different uh you know parts of the world and parts of your day it's uh, pretty magic oh it's the blessing right i mean this whole you know covid experience has been challenging but it's also been awesome because it's forced us all to connect more online and thank god for zoom and speaking of that, I, I think that's a brilliant setup to introduce how we actually met <laughs> because we met just before uh, you know it all started. Just in was it March, Aprilish, um, twenty twenty? Um, I was in in LA for a workshop um, given by uh, Polly Alexander, who is also very much recommended. And we both, uh, you know, I worked with her. You worked with her in the past, and she invited you to um, give a breathwork session on one of the um, you know group. Um, uh you know um what, what what would you call it like workshops that she did for for us in in la and uh, so how i met and also how i met breathwork the modality that we're kind of here to talk about today and um you that yeah, was a special group that was yeah. amazing the energy in the room on that day it was i still remember so much of that all the details and yeah it was it was beautiful yeah, and this the, your work is powerful anyway, and it and as you said, it was a very special day. And uh, you know, sometimes you know that with hindsight, when when it turned out that everyone who had flown in, pretty much from Europe, pretty much everyone had flown in from Europe, and everyone made it back, but just in time. It was so divinely hosted. Um, that just event. in time. I think it was your last workshop was it before it got hands off or something like that or? pretty much my pretty much yeah my my last uh in person sure. i did do a couple during covid you know people were open to it but yeah sure. it's uh definitely so, something uh which is you know it's wonderful to do online of course but whenever we can do something in person using our hands using touch of course it's always more powerful and 
Yeah, we can talk about that uh, um, a little bit later um, as well. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really curious about that. Um, yeah, I, I so our story together continued as I I then obviously kept remembering you and remembering breathwork as a very powerful experience. And again, we'll introduce that in a little moment. But um, I also invited you to come on as a guest um, expert on one of my programs, Mastery and Manifestation. And then I booked a teacher, not teacher training, a practitioner training with you of, of this modality. So could you say in a nutshell, just what breathwork is just as a little introduction before we go into your, your personal story a little bit? For sure. Well, <laughs> my catchy phrase for breathwork, I call it spiritual CrossFit. Do you have CrossFit in <laughs> Europe? <Yes. laughs> my husband does it. <laughs> Yes, right. It's, uh, you know, it's a pretty tough workout. It's, you know, really, really powerful, really intense, uh, short period of time, but then the results, you know, are that you feel amazing after and I would liken breath work to that. Uh, but breath work is, is basically all based on pranayama. Pranayama is a, is really extending life is what it means. And it's all based on breath on breathing and It's a breathing practice. So breath work is really an extended breathing practice. And what I like to say is it really helps to benefit physically, mentally, and spiritually. So it really, really comes from all sides and helps people to heal, release, relax, and get centered. Powerful. It, that's what I experienced too, that it's it's just so powerful. And I, I did a yoga teacher training before I've done pranayama in my life, but this is different. It, it's very simple, right? It's like a three-part breath. And at yeah. the same time, it, it, has a, it has the potential to access emotions as rarely anything I've come across can. Um, yes. Can you say a bit about that? Because to me, you know, when I did, went through my uh, trainings, became a healer, so to say, um, but it, it kind of, you know, everyone, I think, somehow discovers their um, alignment or like their, their specialty. <laughs> For me, I always thought I was the emotion lady. I did a, also, a practice, um, I'm a practitioner of the emotion code and body code uh, modality. I don't know if you have heard of that. Um, yes, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. And so I don't know, emotions I feel are really at the core of any healing or at the bottom of it. So I, yeah. Can you say a bit about that and breath work to start with? Um, yeah. Well, I always tell people when I'm sharing it, when I'm teaching it, uh, that's m the most exciting part is the emotional component. <laughs> and because I think that's what caught me off guard the most from my very first breath work uh, class that I went to, which was about six men, interestingly enough. And I, I was just, so amazed at how much emotion I felt. I mean, I'm talking tears and, and almost like a sense of anger or rage that was showing up. And then it just, just it's a roller coaster of emotions. And I thought, I didn't even know I was holding on to this. <laughs> so I think, right. That's the fascinating part is we stuff down our emotions, but you know, not purposely we've all, a lot of us have done a lot of work on ourselves. but there's emotions that are really difficult to access yeah. through other modalities and through therapy. So breathwork has a way of just opening up the channels, I guess. And the breath, why I love the three-part breath that I teach is it does open up those lower chakras and those lower energy points, as well as the upper ones. And I find emotion can be stuck in different parts or different chakras as well. So something magical happens when we do this deep breathing for, you know, 25 minutes or so, it just helps us to really feel and tap into any emotion that we've stuffed down or stored from childhood, you know, all through our life. 
And, you know, do, do you feel, because the, the practice also in, involves some screaming, some deep expression of, <laughs> yes. which is at, maybe the first time you, you get into that uh, can be a bit you know, daunting or something. Do you, how do you find that, especially being over in California? Like, how are people there um, when they come to your classes? Um, uh, are they open to this, usually people? <laughs> or, and, and people from different parts of the world, do you see a difference? Um, That's a good point. It's interesting. I work with a lot of people from the UK yeah. uh, and, you know, I'm Canadian originally now in the US, but I find that Canadians, UK, maybe other places in Europe, there's, there's a little bit of hesitation around <laughs> yeah. letting loose yeah. uh, with the voice, with, with the yelling, but uh, Americans are generally pretty good at it. <laughs> I find w women, you know, women are a little more, uh, I don't know if the word is timid, but definitely a little more reserved when it comes to vocalizing versus mm. men. Mm -hmm. And we can talk more about that too. But so that's why I love it because we're, we're all holding back in, in some ways. And if we can just use this session to kind of let loose, right. And just trust that whatever needs to come out will come out. That's why I love the yells. I, I say we uncork the emotion and part of it needs to come through our voice, through our throat emotion can can kind of be released there so it's pretty fascinating what can happen when we can even if we have to force it a little bit the first yell or two some emotion will really begin to show up partly because of that release mm -hmm. do you have any uh, you know do you have a theory of why why we're so ashamed of our emotions yeah well i know you know women in particular especially Uh, my age or older, there was some, something in the upbringing around, you know, what was it like? Uh, what's the saying? Be seen, but not heard or something. <laughs> I don't know the exact saying. We're taught to kind of shut down our voice and, you know, and to be quiet and to be polite and, you know, not to, to speak out of turn and things like that. So there's, there's, I think it's really an upbringing thing. I think I know that's changing, but To find our voice, it's 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 taking a lot of work for some people because it was stuffed down for so long. And I think there's, you know, I think there's shame that a lot of people carry and other emotions that make us hold back our true voice because we're worried we'll be judged, worried that, you know, people won't like us or what will our families think? I mean, there's so many stories that we tell. And I think the yell is really symbolic of that, like just letting loose, yeah. letting yourself really express. How did you find it in the group? Do you remember? Um, I sound? think at that point, I yeah, I did find it. Um, I kind of quite remember. I think a little bit daunting, but mm -hmm. um, definitely the last times, not so much. <laughs> the class I took the other day, it was more because my baby was sleeping next to me. Now, every time I kind of made sounds, he was like twitching. I was like, no, don't wake up. <laughs> That's a different reason. Yeah. But um, no, definitely. I mean, I've the thing is I, I sing. I So I've had um, vocal training. So I know Beautiful. the point of embarrassment of being in my first, you know, voice uh, coach's tiny, tiny room and being asked to do these <laughs> things and feeling just so offended and uh, I think it's something you that is really worth I think everyone should do voice lessons really because it's so worth um, getting over the embarrassment it opens up so much and I think I have personally come a long long way I'm, I've definitely got a long way to go with self-expression but it's it's so crucial it's so central to our being to express ourselves in whichever form doesn't have to be the voice to be honest 
but I yeah. think it's yeah I, I think it's when you get through the voice then everything else unlocks as well I guess I yeah. agree I love that you brought that up because we I talked about this before how voice lessons well number one voice lessons teach you how to breathe through mm. the diaphragm which is super important mm -hmm. but also yeah it opens up a vulnerability doesn't it totally it's like oh god <laughs> you, you feel you naked will you feel sound horrible. you will sound horrible yes. it's just a fact um and that's it's not a problem um at all really shouldn't i be. still say that to people um no because i did some singing too and i'm kind of getting back into it now okay. and it's still the one place where i feel most raw most insecure and right. so that has a lot of lessons to teach us too totally mm -hmm. yeah and because it comes from so from so deep within and and actually um i haven't haven't gotten to asking you about your journey i will get to that but oh that's okay <laughs> but um because this is fascinating um when you because it's connected with um you know breathing as well and breathing you you know the word inspiration already has you know we 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 breathe in and the word connected to it is inspiration so um also the, the can you say something about oxygen and what comes in with oxygen you know both kind of biochemically and symbolically maybe have you i'm sure you've thought about that lots as well um yeah well <clears throat> just in in layman terms i look at each inhale as brand new energy mm -hmm. right every inhale is a brand new uh emotion brand new energy brand new life force so if we look at that each inhale accesses you know a part of us that maybe hasn't been accessed that's why oh. each uh, you know inhaling what even visually or or uh, even with affirmations like inhaling what we want to bring into our body or our life is really really powerful um, obviously you know oxygen helps to uh, relax de-stress the body um, the parasympathetic nervous system and so when we're in a relaxed state in general i think we're we're able it kind of you know helps with the fight or flight which we all have <laughs> those stress responses but not just in our body but our mind you know all of the little barriers we put up of protection when we're fully relaxed and present it's uh we remember we're like oh god this is what it's like to feel good mm -hmm. and we forget because which we're we so forget. busy and we're uh -huh. yeah we we all do I think the magic happens when we're in that present, relaxed state and oxygen. I mean, you know, it does a lot of things. Oxygen detoxes our body, boosts immunity. There's so many other physical benefits. But I think when we can tap in our emotions and our mind and get more balanced in that, then uh, that's, I think, where the miracles show up in our life. And most of us, most of us are just breathing really shallow from our chest up right? We're restricting our, our breath. Mm -hmm. We don't even realize it. When you think about it, <laughs> when you think about a topic that stresses you out, a lot of people, it's money. <laughs> <laughs> so when you just notice yourself talking about something that makes you uncomfortable, and if you can really be aware, I've noticed this in the past, you'll notice, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not breathing. Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. So uh, anyway, opening up these channels with oxygen there is a lot of science behind it i tend to love to just talk almost about more the emotional component and and the spiritual component that happens during breath work yeah sure yeah and and talking about forgetting um what it feels like to feel good um maybe tell us a little bit about your journey because my one of my intentions i guess with my work generally but also with the podcast is to reach the people who maybe haven't really thought that they could be 
doing anything like this, that they could either take classes like this or could get some benefits from healing modalities or even become a healer. Because definitely for me, it was the case that when I, um, you know, when it started sh like just showing up in my life a little bit, I had this belief that you had to be born with it or you had to, you know, the, if you had superpowers like that, it definitely was something you needed to, needed to be born with. You couldn't learn it um, until I figured out that with Reiki, you could learn it really, really quickly. And then I went on to, you know, see what else was there. Um, so I, I find that to it's kind of important to cross that bridge for people and to show them how in the end easy it is to be well to do to get into all this if you're open if you're willing to learn and um you know just be surprised by what's possible and i find that pretty much everyone who is in the kind of healing field has their own healing story and i yeah I'd like i like to that's why the title is kind of ambiguous you know it's partly how how did you heal or how do you keep healing on the inside and then how does it shape how you he help others heal basically so um, yeah well i first want to say i think your, your story is so cool i mean doctor phd you have you know <laughs> you have a lot of studies behind you and and i think you know i think that you're such a great example of, of you know kind of having both worlds right because i don't there's you definitely have to use your your mind and your brain and study and really discipline and now you're open up to this whole other field so it's fascinating Thank you. Say. Well, that's why yeah. I had to go through it to be able to do this and to reach the people. That's yeah, I see that now. Well, yeah, and I think it's 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 so great because there's so many people out there who you know who do have that side and and think it's a little woo woo. But I think exactly. especially with breath work, uh, it's it's actually really practical. It's you know it's the original superfood I call it because it's it's like our origin. It's breath, and so I often get people showing up to sessions uh, you know who have not a lot of spiritual you know practice or experience, and they're just blown away because. Because uh, again, it is pretty practical. But in terms of my story, you know, as you know, all of our challenges lead to to where we're at, and so I'm grateful for all of them. But I definitely struggled. I was born uh, just always sick: allergies, asthma, uh, chronic chest infections, earaches, a lot of respiratory stuff from as far back as I can remember. You know, I lived on cough medicine and mm. <laughs> sort of different medications. Uh, and so I just remember not feeling well from as far back as I can remember. And then I was also, uh, for whatever reason, bullied all the way from kindergarten through high school. Mm. I remember just constantly uh, feeling attacked, you know, and so that affected my self-esteem. So, you know, I had depression, anxiety, and just really didn't want to be here. So I guess you could say suicidal thoughts, even when I was young, you know, just like, not really understanding at all and not really wanting to be here. So I was tired. I think that's the biggest thing I remember. But around 20 years old, my aunt gave me a self-help, a spiritual book, which was a channeled book called Emmanuel's book. And it just woke me up to this whole other side of life. Like the idea that, wow, maybe I am just a soul and a spirit here in a physical body. And, and maybe these obstacles are here to teach me. And so I first became more passionate about health. Okay. How can I fix my fixed my physical body and really got into health and wellness and nutrition and uh, personal training and, and fitness and all of that. Uh, and then along the way with it, it really, really, I swear, I must've read hundreds of spiritual books and I was just fascinated by this idea. So my journey was really just self-discovery. How do, how can I feel better mentally, spiritually, emotionally? 
And then, you know, of course, naturally I began to think, well, if I could feel better, I guess I could share this. Hmm. And so I did, you know, I, I did a lot. I wore a lot of hats. I was a personal trainer for fitness, a wellness coach, massage therapist, also do Reiki like you, mm-hmm. Reiki master, yeah. hypnotherapist. Yeah. Lots of modalities, uh, but then breath work entered. And it's just that I'm sure you've had that experience. It's like, oh, wow, this is it. This is what I've been looking for and dedicated sort of my whole, my whole time to sharing it. And I have to say it's changed my life. I've never, never felt better. never felt more calm, more relaxed. And, you know, Things, things are working. I'm opening up to lots of new uh, new miracles in my life. And I really owe breathwork a huge amount of gratitude. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I guess we all have um, certain modalities we're meant to, you know, to, to be more engaged with maybe. I mean, I know for me, yeah. Reiki is one of the things that I'm just meant to share. And I, you know, it's funny because people sometimes ask me for sessions. I don't actually do Reiki sessions and I've not really done that very much either. Mm-hmm. I got straight into teaching and that seems to happen to me a lot without me wanting. That's so interesting. So I, I feel like I'm, you know, we have these roles or certain certain things that are not quite unprescribed, let's say. I don't know how to, I don't want to get too much yeah. into determination, but it's just, it feels like it's meant to happen. And everything's set up that way by whoever ourselves or whatever. But then, then at the same time, what what in breath work? I mean, you you felt that click of that's you know this is what I'm mm-hmm. here to kind of pursue. What can you tell more? You know, can you can you actually say what what exactly it was about breath work that made the difference? You yeah. know, compared to all these these other things. Yes. Well, first of all. <clears throat> love all the other modalities. They still use them all, right? You know, they're all powerful in their own way. And there's so many other powerful modalities, but it was just, there was just such a click, such a release, such a connection to my body and to my spirit that I've never felt before. Mm -hmm. And I just knew from my first session that, oh my God, (laughs) if I could have this feeling in one session, what if I did this regularly? What would happen? (laughs) So it was really the connection, I think, to, to my emotion. I, you know, I always thought it was emotional. I thought it was pretty loving and kind, but there was so much uh, sadness and Mm -hmm. I guess grief in that first session. It was just a release and a relief. And I realized, holy crap, (laughs) what else is here, right? (laughs) If I could feel this in one session, there's obviously some stuff here I didn't even know I had. And that's really, I think it was... It was more that, that connection to the deep emotion, to the stuffed emotion that was keeping me, I, you know, numb or paralyzed in a way. Mm-hmm. I find and, that so fascinating yeah. that most people really don't have access to that knowledge. And I, it's, I think that's one of yeah. the main things I just like to share because um, I guess uh, stuckness is the one thing I always say I'm, you know, I'm helping people who feel stuck in some way. I don't niche that much at the moment but that's the one common denominator stuckness of sorts and it's always coming from within obviously i mean to to us i guess obviously but not to everyone i remember no i mean i remember how i used to feel and i felt so at the mercy of just life i mean i can totally relate to how you described it earlier just feeling like everything's coming at you and you're in this 
acts in this life that you can't, you don't understand the rules of, and it's just kind of yeah. happening to you. And all that is yeah. true, but nobody t tells you. <laughs> did you feel like a little, uh, you know, the word victim is pretty powerful, but did you feel a little oh. bit oh, yeah. victimy? Totally. Yeah. I think we, Me I too. Mean, but we, 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 um, and the victim, I, I talked about that in, in with um, Stephen in my last episode um, about how mm. being a, a, yeah, a victim is just the worst because it's, it's and that's maybe also with a breath, you know, the, it's a direct contradiction to being yourself um, and being in your power and, you know, taking one, these big breaths of you and being calm and centered and clear. And then the victim's role is totally the opposite. It's this very stressy way of just defending yourself all the time from perceived threat kind of, right? Isn't it? Um, yes. Totally felt like that all my life. And like, I didn't understand the rules of it and just felt shit. But also the thing, here's my next question. So now that you are, um, I mean, you've trained in, in so many modalities, you've experienced yourself as a healer. What's your main kind of open channel? Because as healers, we, you know, we train ourselves to perceive so finely. Um, mm -hmm. Some people see more, some people mm. hear. I mean, I'm a big fat he uh, feeler. <laughs> yes. And I assume you are too, or what's your main? I am, I get I get knowings in my gut, yeah. you know, so I will feel and I will see, I'm very visual. So, you know, I will see words mm. or visions. So you actually yeah. see the words in front of you? Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've experienced this too. I remember one client I was working on with Reiki, you know, it just, unfortunately the word cancer just popped up in my head. Right. Mm. And sure enough, you know, we found out he did have some some cancer. And so, you know, it's just interesting for me. I literally saw the word. Yeah. <laughs> cancer. But, but visually you saw it. Visually in my uh, third eye and my mm -hmm. in front of me. Yeah. That's because yeah, I, but also, I find yeah. this really interesting because, you know, we assume <laughs> we all have the same thing, but we don't. I mean, I don't see words. I, I know I, I hear. No, I don't hear them either. I kind of know them. Um, I You kind of know them. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I don't know which one is my strongest. I'm not entirely sure. It's possible a visual is, and then there's a feeling of, hmm, something's, you know, not right. Or or, or I get a certain, you know, people are ask, talking to me about a problem. I would just tell them, like, I, I know 150%. You have nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's just a certainty right. mm -hmm. about things. Yeah, that's sure. interesting. Because the way I think my strongest is the feeling, but it's 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 more... I mean, if people talk, I, I will then feel, for example, like my throat is closing or, you know, I feel right. exactly what they feel. And, and it's really yes. helpful because a lot of times when they don't feel their emotions anymore and, you know, I, I work online only, so it's, <laughs> I don't need yes. to them for this, but it's very helpful when they're like, I, I talk to them about something and I'm like, well, how do you feel about that? And they're like, hmm little sad and i'm like i feel this rage in my, and i yes like, yeah and what else is there <laughs> there's something deeper than you know i can relate to that yeah i often stuff. when i'm teaching it as well and i'm i think we learn to trust it more and more right mm -hmm. that it's showing up for a reason but yeah i think that was always confusing for me i would walk into <laughs> groups of large people or museums or wherever there was a lot of people or a lot of old artwork and I would feel anxious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Why am I feeling? And I realized, yeah, I'm just picking up on energy. I, I feel it in my body. 
totally. Uh -huh. It's mm -hmm. it's quite an, a confusing channel to have because yeah, until you know about it, and even when you know about it, it's it's so immediate, right? It's and it's very. I find Reiki very good training for it. I always tell my students when I teach them that when they you know whether they give the session or they receive the session, it's always something like it's it's always training in some sense because what you know I tell them that that one our session you give to someone everything you perceive just just assume it's for them you know just don't Love assume that. anything's for you unless you know your back has been hurting for like 10 days and then don't tell them it's their backache you know but <laughs> but other than that really they're a channel and that means that what comes through them is pretty much for the person And it, it's, but that's, so that's very good training also for real life when you don't usually assume that what you feel can be for others. And, and for me, I think a lot of time I felt so numb because I didn't realize how much I was picking up and it was just so confusing. And obviously my, it didn't make sense to my system because it wasn't mine, right? <laughs> it didn't make sense. Um, that's right. It doesn't make sense. How did you, do you, has it become easier to decipher Oh, totally. Because now I'm yeah. so aware and I use it because it's my kind of my gift in a way, you know, it's my, it's what I work with. And I, superpower. I my <laughs> superpower, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I always say supernatural is like supernatural. <laughs> yeah. and, but I think it was partly through theta classes when you, you know, you work on the belief level of, oh, not, yeah. you know, you chisel away um, on, on, on that end, but then also a couple of times in actually in always in, in seminar settings with theta healing, you know, you have to work on each other. And okay. I, it happened twice that I, you know, I had to get a teacher because I got so lost in something I was picking up. And the first time it was confusion, <laughs> you know, I picked up the person's yeah. confusion and I got so confused that I couldn't do the session <laughs> anymore, <laughs> which really taught me because I was like, God, it makes so wow. much sense. Um, it's so, we're all tapped in. It's all energy. We're all one, right? But to learn to decipher that, that takes some time. Is this mine? Is it somebody mm -hmm. else's? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. And clear settings as well, right? Like in, in 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 those clear settings, like I'm standing there and I'm giving you a 60 minute minute Reiki session, and I mm -hmm. kind of you know that's easy enough, but it's still it it, it, tra it's, it trains you. And then when you can do that in, within that session, you just keep remembering that everything you feel isn't for them, and you just it, it helps you detach from the emotions. I think that's something we need to kind of learn anyway. That they you know even if they're ours and we take responsibility, but we kind of need to let them flow because they're energy in motion otherwise they get stuck and i don't know i love yeah. that you said that yeah yeah and i'm sure you teach clearing techniques and other things to kind of you know i don't know if you clear before and after sessions i don't really do that actually no. i kind yeah. of just assume i i mean I, i worked on a lot of beliefs that i need to i need yep. to do it myself like i need to heal with my energy Have you had to deal with that as well? Because it's, have you, have you taken any theta healing classes ever? I love theta healing, but you know, I've never actually trained in it. I've worked with theta healers yeah. and it's been so powerful, mm -hmm. but no, I haven't actually, I'd be interested. Just because um, what's interesting is that um, in, in the first and second course, you clear a lot of beliefs around, you know, old healer beliefs. And what I found Ooh. when I got into healing was that I, with certain modalities, I would actually take on things from from the clients or i would get really tired um yeah. 
because you know there's a lot of old beliefs around healing around which is like you need to sometimes shamanic origins you know you need to take on the energy to heal it so like shamans often are able to do that and then they give it away to or like they know how to transmute it basically but if you have some old information in your dna or it's it's also very collective then that can just happen without you knowing how to actually get rid of the energies and then you need to clear those beliefs around needing to do that in the first place because we don't um but i assume you must have found your own way of kind of doing the same thing right because otherwise you'd be very exhausted um yeah i mean i i you know i do my own little rituals and yeah. things i do what some do well, I mean, I use, I use a lot of Palo Santo to me, you know, clear, clear myself, clear the group sage, of course. And then I just do some, some quick brushes of energy mm -hmm. you know, through therapeutic touch or Reiki and just kind of brushing the energy off. Um, a lot of times I will just start uh, with some lavender light around me or a ball of protective light, you know, mm. before I run a group or a session, but mostly I just, Mostly I just pray before each session yeah. to make me a channel, Yeah, you know, make Same me a channel. Uh, yep. Get, get me out of my own way. <laughs> Help me <laughs> tap into what these people need, but also to make them receptive to the work. And <clears throat> so I think it's a combination and I have selenite everywhere. In fact, my healing room, <laughs> there's selenite crystals in the paint. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I didn't know that existed. Oh, you can buy it in powder form, by the way. And you oh. can, you can paint uh, the walls with selenite crystal. Wow. In, in yeah. Berlin, there's a place I'm actually just, I should go there sometime soon. There's um, a, it's like a saline room and everything is tiled with salt rocks. And then there's ah, salt rock stuff on the ground. Um, yeah. It's oh, it's wonderful. Very powerful. But the, the, I hadn't heard about the paint. That's amazing. Well, so, um, yeah. do you, so you have your own space for, for, for sessions as well? I do. I got a, a house, new house out here in the Palm Desert area in California. And I have a little casita, what they call, you know, a little house on the side. And I made it oh. into my healing room. So I have a, a table where I can see one-on-one -on -one clients. And that's where I'm with. I'm talking to you now and do my Zoom classes here as well. So it's a nice little private setting. What, how do you find room. the difference between in-person versus online work? Um, well, I was going to say that earlier because you said a lot mm -hmm. of your work's online. It, it really forces you in a way to tap in, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. To an, sort of an invisible, not invisible, but sort of that, that energy that exists because you have to almost work a little harder at getting aligned to what's going on, which mm -hmm. I love. It's great practice. So I would say in person, you know, it's just more evident to me what's going on physically mm -hmm. in the body, especially if I'm running a group, I can't really see everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I get, to, I get to just watch them and notice a little bit more. And of course, hear more of what's going on. So, you know, I've learned to enjoy both. I have to say, I am very hands-on. I did massage, I, exactly. you know, Reiki, uh -huh. therapeutic touch. So I do love the idea of touching people. <laughs> well, and it's that's, a big gift to people anyway. I mean, it is such a gift. I do pressure points along with my breath work, Aww. which I actually talk about in my advanced training and the different emotions that we tap into through pressure points. But that being said, I've really learned to love the, the groups online too. And I know they're just as powerful it just i guess it really depends mm. 
having a good balance is probably uh, yeah, is a nice thing when you can, <laughs> when you're not forced to just work online. Um, I mean, I know this whole couple of years has been, <clears throat> has changed so much, but what you were talking about, I just wanted to tap in because you talked about sort of that intuitive or psychic energy, I think. And oh. I just, uh, well, what I wanted to say with your Reiki students, for example, breath work, I've noticed made me so much more psychic and so much more in tuned uh-huh. with that, with that gift of healing. So I remember I used to do Reiki a lot and then I started breath work and stopped Reiki for a bit. And then after doing breath work a long time, I went back to doing some Reiki sessions and I couldn't believe the difference in wow. me. Mm-hmm. It was almost more enjoyable because I really got clear visions and clear messages that I wasn't receiving before. Oh, cool. And so I realized it was like, you know, breathwork kind of dusted off those <laughs> those channels and made me more of an open channel to do other uh, healing work too. It is beautiful how it keeps feeding in, into each other. I mean, for me, it's I, I'm excited to be learning breathwork from you now because I want yeah. to get more into group work again. I haven't... Yeah, if, uh, I want to integrate it more um, into my work as well. And I, I, I love your training. Maybe do you, would you like to say a little bit about it? When did you get into? When did you create? When yeah, you created really like a, a whole brand with your own chakra bombs that you sell and um, yeah. your own branding. It's called Breathe on It with Jay, which is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Can you say a bit about that process of you know not not only um, learning all these things but becoming basically a, like a um, amazing businessman as well, business owner? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and I first wanted to say it's so nice that you were able to attend a group live. Yeah. So that you, because you want to teach groups, it's so important to kind of be in that setting and receive and to know what that's like for you to move forward and, and share with groups. So anyway, that was really really a gift. Uh, uh, you know, I studied with two different teachers and there was as, you know, as great as they were, there was a lot that I didn't get. And I was like left with all these questions. And mm-hmm. some of it was even just logistics. Like mm-hmm. what about waivers or what about insurance yeah. <laughs> or, you know, what other styles of breath work are out there? So I just wanted to create a training. Well, how it started was one of my students, And I thank her to this day. She's like, I just want to learn from you. Can you teach me how to do this? Because <laughs> I bring in, you know, different Ho'oponopono and other styles of things. And she, I said, yeah, I, I would love to. contract. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was, oh yeah, she was such an angel in my life. Yeah. And then I decided, well, why not talk to some other students? And my first group had, I don't know, six people. Mm-hmm. And I just created, it was more of a, a shorter training than the one we're doing now. But, you know, it was, it was, I love, I realized, oh my God, I love teaching other teachers. This mm-hmm. is so fun. Like you, I think my gift is, you know, as much as I love doing this work, I really love the teaching aspect. So yeah. it was, I was really lit up by that. And so I think I started it more out of, well, a demand, but also I want to give people what I didn't get. I want to expand on this and, you know, try to help people, but the name breathe on it showed up is literally, I was trying to think of a website and I was talking to my web, my website guy. And I said, I'm going to go lay down and breathe on it. And maybe it'll come to me. (laughs) And I said, wait, wait a minute. (laughs) What? Another angel. (laughs) That's the way this stuff happens, right? It just drops in. And I thought that's a really cool name because anything you want, you want more money, you want love, you want healing, lay down and breathe on it and Mm -hmm. you will get clarity and guidance. 
And so that that became my name, breathe on it, trademarked it, and uh, and then have expanded on the teacher training, created an advanced training as well. So it just it did happen pretty naturally. And you know, I think the key is just that I've been consistent with this for over six years, like teaching weekly, regularly, working with clients. And yeah, and so it just evolved from there. The chakra bombs also that I created came through one breathwork session. I was laying down and they just dropped into my mind. Mm. Like I got the image, like you said, visuals. I got the visuals, the colors. My aunt used to make homemade salve, ah. you know, made out of uh, olive oil and comfrey. And I just got off the table after breathing and I went to my kitchen mm -hmm. and started to play with some essential oils and, mm -hmm. and beeswax and grapeseed oil and came up with this recipe for these awesome balms. So you apply them to each chakra before any sort of spiritual practice. And it just helps to ignite and open up the chakras. I've been uh, playing uh, with them with Harriet, you know, who's four, who was four at the time, and she really loved them as well. Yeah. It's, it's quite oh, fun. kids love them. Yeah, yeah, because they're colorful and, I mean, not the bomb, but, and then the smell, yeah. and then she has her favorites and all this she doesn't like so much. And it's quite interesting to see them with their themes <laughs> and yeah, beautiful. Do you know which one she doesn't like? Uh, Do you I, remember? It's been a while now. I need to look. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I was just curious because uh, there's something to that, right? Exactly. Uh, she, I think she loved the solar plexus one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so fun. It's um, yeah, it has a lot of uh, black black pepper and ginger and lemongrass. Mm, cool. So it's super fresh. <laughs> so yeah, the breathe on it just became this this business that. You know, obviously my mission like yours is just to help people. And my big drive is to, it's been my biggest challenge is having hope and faith that I could move through some of the crap that I carried for my whole life and couldn't seem to rid myself of. And I felt destined, like we talked about, to be stuck or to be like the universe is working against me, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, why can't I get this? And oh, money was shit. a big one. Money was always a big one for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why can't I get ahead? Why is everyone else thriving? And felt mm -hmm. super victimy and angry at God. And I, I think, you know, this, interestingly enough, the breath work has led me back to mindset work, working mm -hmm. at my thoughts, working at reprogramming my brain and the old paradigms that I have. So, you know, it's all tied in and it leads where we need to go. What was one of, of your favorite money blocks that you cleared? Oof. You remember? Wow. Well, oh, that made so the biggest many. difference. Yeah. I, I really think the ancestral stuff is really powerful for me. Mm -hmm. Because interestingly enough, my dad is super successful. Uh, but, you know, a lot of my other family really struggled generations <laughs> of struggle. And I think I, I carried that. And also one I continue to work on is value, self-worth. Mm -hmm. right? You mentioned that as being the kind of... Yeah, receiving, yeah. receiving, being worthy uh, of, of making it, earning it myself, receiving it myself without guilt, without <laughs> some sort of resistance. <laughs> sabotage. <laughs> yeah, sabotage. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. what about you? Did you have those as well? Oh yeah, I'm still still working away as well. I've, I haven't taken a money beautifully Polly Alexander's program that you took as well. Um, haven't taken yeah. that. Yeah, 
I think Southwest is a program. big one. It's it's so it's so interesting. What um, do you have any any yeah anything to share on on that whole topic? Because I think it's such a big one for most of us in you know in some way. Self worth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's also I've noticed with a lot of people I train as healers that it comes up a lot because who am I to be right? I'm sure you had this. Who am I to be a healer? Like, oh my god, I, you know, I'm just a person. But first of all, the word healer, you know, is, exactly. has yeah. has a lot of connotations. We so should we talk about maybe, that a bit first. Yeah. Well, maybe we don't use the word healer, right? But we can. I, th I think it's a powerful word. And I, you know, some people, here's what I think shows up is the ego shows up and, and the ego makes us feel less than or better than, right? Mm -hmm. It's a constant game of, oh, you're not good enough. Who are you to do this? Versus, versus the other side, which is, you know, almost uh, pompous and egotistical or mm -hmm. something. I'm doing amazing things. I am healing people. <laughs> yeah. And you can see it online in people's marketing and, you know, again, not to judge, but it's pretty evident when people are boasting to prove themselves, to show that they're worthy somehow. And then, and then I'm probably guilty. Well, I might be guilty of the opposite, which is not promoting enough. People are like, uh -huh. Jay, <laughs> you're so powerful. You do such great work. And there's part of me because uh, there's, egotistical people around me uh in my family that at least i view it as ego i'm, I'm really i was always afraid to to be egotistical mm -hmm. to be cocky to be so i had always downplayed my power my energy yeah so it's a fine balance i think it, it really is and yeah I, I i i haven't found my own real solution to the fact that i don't like the word healer and i don't really like to use it and i don't think it's very it's not very useful anymore Oh. Good point. Can you hear the rain coming? Hope it's not too loud, but we have a total storm here today. Um, yeah, because I, I don't really, I don't think I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a, you know, the word doesn't really resonate with me that much, although I use it here. Um, yes. But I also use it kind of because I, I'm interested in the debate. Um, I sometimes say I'm coach and healer, but like, how do you call yourself? What, you, what words do you use? Yeah, I say breathwork teacher and healer. And I agree with you. I think we're catalysts or channels, but even that can, you know, the channel can be <laughs> have a yeah, lot of connotations. Exactly. <laughs> well, look, we're all healers, bottom line, so, whether exactly. people want to believe it or not. Yeah. We're healing through through our work day to day, whether we're a writer, whether yeah. we're a teacher, we're, you know, we're helping people to heal. And to me, healing is simply remembering who we really are. Yes. Tapping into that beautiful energy that we all have. So, but yeah. I don't know. I guess people, and I tell people to find your own word that resonates, that, you know, feels good to you. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think a lot of people, Ooh, you're a healer. It's <laughs> kind of far out there, but it's really not these days. No, but I agree. I Coach is also overused in my opinion. Yeah. Coach is so right? generic. It doesn't say anything. Healer is sometimes strikes people as too, as yeah. Yeah. Just, bit too weird <laughs> yes but uh it's fast yeah it's interesting but it, it also in, in a way it just ties back to the whole self-marketing thing because it doesn't really matter i mean you just need to decide kind of what your angle is and to sh i think it comes with when you when you want to when you're keen to show exactly who you are and all of it and like crystallize it in this one word and the complexity of us that we are and not just be some generic um but it's impossible. Like you have to even 
you know, when, when you create a website, when you create branding, you have to decide on something and it needs to capture your essence as well as possible. But you also need to just put it down and get release it and let it be what it is. You're right. I think so many people, I see that with my students as well, right? We get stuck in those, those <laughs> details and it prevents us from moving forward too. So like in terms of branding or in terms mm. of what do I call myself? And I, I just say, you know, just make a decision and we can always change it. But yeah, that, that is interesting. And I guess a lot of people and I would probably agree in saying that we, there's nothing wrong with us. We don't really need to be healed, but what we mean with healing is, is again, just kind of removing all of those, those limiting beliefs and, you know, the trauma that we've held on to. So I don't know if the, if it's even healing or just remembering who yeah. we are meant to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with us. We don't need people, to be fixed. Yeah. I love that definition. It, it, it's exactly how I see it too. And a lot of people have, have said exactly that on, on this podcast. Really? Yeah. It, it, it's beautiful because, uh, yeah, I think that's that's what it is, right? Bringing more of our essence into this, which means we can live from our hearts and live our truth and, you know, be in connection in, in, in a true way and, collaborate and not have that ego stuff come up which i mean I, the word is a bit overused as well but it's it's just yeah. when you can't really be in connection because of issues that, you know can't resolve stuff that that happens in between you because of your own patterns and so on yeah well you know wayne you might know wayne dyer wayne mm -hmm. dyer the author it's you know he says it's edging god out right that's what ego oh, is nice edging God out. And that makes sense. Well, I always say, you know, and this is from my own experience, if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, if you're not in the flow, if you're not inspired, if you're not, you know, making as much money as you want or in the relationship that you want, like we, we deserve all of that. And actually I think we can have that. I know we can have it all. And, you know, I know life is going to have ups and downs, but ah, the work is really is getting to that place of, you know, really enjoying your day-to-day -day life and feeling good and contributing. And, and so if that, I know for me, it's meant decades of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to scare people. Right. But it, it took me, that's why I love breath work because I think I could have fast tracked my work had I known about breath work uh, decades mm -hmm. ago, but that's okay. Everything happens at its own time. Totally. And actually it's, it's perfect. You're, um, bringing up a question I meant to ask you, you know, I, I told you I wanted to talk about discomfort a little bit because yes, it's, it's something I, I'm finding quite interesting right now. And I I just had a baby two months ago. So let's say discomfort has been um, my constant companion for a while. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, you know, yes. just pregnancy and birth and thinking about it and, you know, how to prepare, how to, how to have it, how to, you know, how to where to where to plan it and so on and you can't really plan these things anyway but i think i realized that i had some kind of stuff going on around discomfort kind of trying to avoid it but i think a lot of it came from this whole spiritual thing of you know lightness and flow and so on and i i think i still believe that's our aim that we should look for lightness in for example when we make choices but how does that fit together with having to kind of bite our way through stuff. I mean, what, what's your take on that? Because it can, to me, seem like a contradiction or maybe I, I made it a contradiction for a while. How does discomfort fit into healing for you from your perspective? Oh, that's a great, great question. I've been doing some work right now. 
with Bob Proctor, who's, you know, he's been around so long about mindset and he talks about the terror barrier. Terror barrier. Terror barrier. And essentially what it is, is your comfort zone and moving out Mm -hmm. of your comfort zone if you want to grow and expand. And so I think it is a fine balancing act between, you know, finding some some level of comfort in your day-to-day, but also continually pushing yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone so we can continue to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. And what I know around discomfort, well, it's like dis-ease, right? It's just, uh, there's like lack of comfort there. And it's, I, I think it's important. I, th- I think it's important to go in phases where we do stretch, where we feel uncomfortable because it means we are expanding and growing and I, I don't know that we ever want to get complacent, you mm. know. Uh, I know some of the f- emotions I feel often are, are boredom, interestingly right. enough. And I realize it's kind of correlated to, okay, it's because it's time to grow. It's time to learn something new. And I think, uh, you know, I, I would like to think <laughs> that there is a point where the discomfort becomes a little bit less in our life. And I think that's mainly because we're almost, we almost get used to the, if, if we're constantly growing and expanding, we're used to being uncomfortable. So I don't know that we'll get the same sort of anxiety or same sort of fight or flight response because we've sort of programmed our body to know what it's like to be mm-hmm. in a, a place where we're not totally comfortable. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm answering the question. I think it's a, it's a balancing act between sitting, enjoying where you're at, but then taking steps towards like, oh God, this makes me nervous. This goal makes me a little scared, but that's why I need to do it. It just made me think whether it's also a matter of which part of the process is uncomfortable because I think the lightness um, probably should be in how you enter a process. Maybe, you know, when you, because a lot of people aren't, living in in that or from that place of lightness you know where they make decisions because of you know oh i should be doing this or if i don't do this then xyz and that's a play that's a choice from fear isn't it <laughs> so oh, i it's, love it's, that it's heavy or, or from 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 shame or whatever a lot of times the motivation comes from an, a heavy emotion and that i think is is not light but then Often when we get inspiration coming through and it feels, you know, that clicking thing where you're like, poof, yes. got to do it. Then yes. it's often followed by by fear and discomfort, yes. isn't it? Is that yes, made- exactly. It's a natural. I think if we learn that fear is a natural component, fear of the unknown, I guess, fear of, you know, something we're not familiar with. It is a normal part. And I think the more we become like, oh, okay, this is fear. And it's only because I, you know, haven't done this before, but I'm going to, I think you're right. If we allow excitement and enthusiasm and inspiration to guide us and energy. So think about the outcome you want. Let's use the old term goal, right? Oh, I want whatever. I want this goal. And it feels so exciting. The idea of being there and there's some energy there, but to get there. Yeah. We might have to push through some old beliefs and some old fears that we're not good enough or whatever it is. That people are going to judge us, but I think if the if we allow enthusiasm, excitement to guide us, yeah, it's then good. It, it, yeah, versus like yeah, I love that versus the should or the, or the I need to do this. 
if there's no energy in the thing that you want to get to, uh, why put yourself through the fear? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you're having a, you had a baby. So your goal was, oh, I'm going to have this beautiful baby. It's worth going through this discomfort, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I still told my husband that the next one, one that we should adopt the next one while I was in labor, but <laughs> yes, I don't blame you. You've been there, done that. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I want, I would like two more. So I think I need to forget very quickly now. Oh, um, wow. Amazing. Amazing. But I, I think also what you mentioned, you know, you mentioned excitement and I think that, you know, when we, when we assume that, so assuming that we have found this one thing that is really like soul inspiration, you know, it, it, that the goosebumps, the magic we've like, we had that inside. I should be going that way. I should make that decision. And then so-called fear kicks in. I think sometimes it's also, we can't really distinguish well between fear and excitement. Do you think that's true? Mm, absolutely. I used to have stage fright. I would do musical theater and I'd be like, I keep saying, I'm so anxious. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. So anxious. And I've just, I've just learned to change that too. I'm so excited mm, Yeah, <laughs> because like, it's all wording too. Right. And I, sure. It, it might feel difference. like anxiety. Yeah, it really does. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's that old programming. Our, our, our nervous system reacts to, you know, even caveman days, right. The fight or flight. Mm-hmm. It, it, the adrenaline, our sweaty palms, and we can't breathe. But if we can just <laughs> even reword it as, I'm actually really excited to do this. Mm. And, and, and the words, even telling yourself the word, oh, I'm so scared in, in your head versus yeah. I'm so excited, it actually makes a huge difference to your nervous system. I mean, you can try that out at home. And it's funny because actually we had very similar themes coming up in the last, uh, in, the, in the last session with uh, Stephen. Um, and he, and we just, we had a little debate around, you know, words carrying energy because he then argued that also when, you know, you could put anger in, into a word and because I said, you know, that word, depending on how you say it, it carries a certain vibration, but it also mm -hmm. carries the vibration of, of its own history and its own connotations and so on. He also said that, well, if you hear it in a certain way, that can be taken away and changed, which I think is true as well. But I mean, if you if you say two different words like yeah excitement and fear and you just feel your body reacting to it it makes a huge difference so actually one healer kept telling me in, in our sessions before the birth she in german you know um, hospital is sick house <laughs> which is not such a nice thing to say oh right like, yes sick house sick house sick house she was telling me um i should call it like a um like a, a healthy house <laughs> and, healthy and house. I, I thought it, i found it a bit ridiculous and I, actually, I got a bit annoyed but do i actually did it and it made such a difference about how i felt about the place because i didn't i wanted to have a home birth and i didn't so just for context um but yeah. isn't it crazy i mean um so we can kind of trick ourselves in a way as well if we reframe like that don't we I agree. Words are so powerful in the way, yeah, and what we tell ourselves, and you know, it's all based on our old programming, of course. But but back to discomfort, you know, uh, the word comfort is in there. <laughs> so you know, we can just look at it like we're we're moving into yeah through a zone into more comfort and uh, getting closer to to you know what we really want. But it is a great topic because I do believe even with breath work. 
I tell people the first four or five minutes is going to feel like work. You're not going to want to be here. You're mm-hmm. probably going to be in your head. You're going to be resisting. And, you know, that's a form of discomfort. Actually, not I find bad. that yeah. you have to bite your yeah. way through it most of the session, right? Like again and Sometimes, again. some days, you know, it depends on the day. Yeah. I've been doing it for years and I still like, oh God, I got to lay down to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so some of this... You know, some of this is, I guess we can call it discomfort, but we know the rewards are going to be there. And I think that's, if we can just focus on, you know, on where we want to be and, and the rewards and the outcome, then I think it uh, makes any discomfort worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the motivation, I guess, is really important. The why, yeah. why do you do it in the first place? Yeah, what, the why, yeah, why are we doing it? The why needs to be big enough to keep us doing what we do if, if discomfort comes up. Like, yeah, the baby needs to come out. <laughs> or I know yeah, exactly. emotions need to come out or whatever it is. Well, that's the thing. I th- and then that's the interesting part about breath work is, it, you know, it's not maybe for everybody because it's, it's intense and it brings up a lot of stuff and there will be discomfort, uh, especially in the beginning. But to me, I've always been excited about growth and like oh my god who could i be without all this stuff right Mm -hmm. and so to me it was always exciting in fact i laid down to breathe every day for months when i first found it Mm -hmm. and it was intense let me tell you the stuff that showed up but to me i was more interested in in the outcome of of who would i be without all of this heaviness so that's just who i am i'm willing to do the work but I can see why a lot of people don't come back to a second breathwork session because <laughs> they're not quite ready, right? It's like, oof, this is too much for me right now, or I'm good where I'm at right now. And, you know, I honor those people too. So could you, did you work, could you work on yourself using breathwork? Would you lie down and do yes. it yourself? Yep. I went to some groups and I did work, you know, in group setting as well. But I, I started to just breathe every day by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I tell my students too, that's the, the best and really the best way to learn is lay down and breathe yourself because you're going to feel things. You're going to have shifts. You're going to have experiences that you can then bring on to your clients mm-hmm. and your groups. Yeah. You need to experience it, right? You need to feel it. You need to experience what goes on in order to be able to share it. That is true. Yeah. Otherwise it's, it's theory. And yeah, just like, and yeah, that's right. I, I know with Reiki, it's a little different, but in terms of coaching or uh, perhaps with breath work, I always say you can only share from your own experience. Like you can't, I mean, you can tap into your client's energy, but you can only come from your own life experience. No, and I so agree. what's that? I totally agree. Even also with Reiki, I, um, yeah. It's funny, I, I, what you said earlier, I teach very similarly to you in the sense that I, I got into teaching because I also didn't really, I had two, like your two teachers, very different mm-hmm. ones. And mm-hmm. I kept just like plowing through the different grades because I um, I just, I didn't, or levels, regular levels, didn't really get all my answers uh, from it. And I uh, yeah, kept getting more and more questions in a way and had to look to, at it, uh, you know, for the help in but, you know, really theta healing was what helped me access my own truth most because that's kind of what it's designed to do. With Reiki, I found that it's because it's been around so much, there is a lot of ego in it if you're with the wrong teacher. Mm, yes. Um, 
really quite a lot. So I, I made my own training really about trying to make it as not neutral, but un as open as open as possible for everyone to do it in the way they need it and and like a quest and a and a transformational journey rather than just like come to the weekend and then be spat out as a Reiki one practitioner but because so much can come up and it has the potential to really heal you on on such a deep level but you need I, I think it needs to be more of a process where you actually have someone there a bit like you teach uh, the breath work right um it's uh, do you feel that too that it's so important to have that guidance like somebody actually there for you during the process uh definitely i mean and first of all it sounds like we teach very similarly that's exactly <laughs> kind of why i created this teaching training too to make it your own and to let people you know just trust them their own power and their own ability mm. and uh but yeah i i mean are you saying like to have somebody else in person teaching you well or? more that it's continual rather than you know you because with reiki usually it's well either it's online and you don't see anyone like nowadays you know you damey you can just buy a course very cheaply which is fine i mean i'm not saying that's a bad thing mm -hmm. i'm just saying it's very different or you, people get taught in a weekend course in person but yeah. the actual I mean, for me, it's people start and they have some a few one-on-one -on -one sessions, but they also they can get in touch with me if stuff comes up and I'll be there, whatever. Is. And it's really one-on-one -on -one, uh, deep transformation work, not just the Reiki, but also the Theta healing sessions that they get. Because when you become a, a yeah. healer, stuff comes up. <laughs> I mean, uh, invariably. It sure does. Yeah, so. It sure does. Yeah. It sounds like you make yourself really available to your students yeah. as I do as well. And it's an ongoing relationship there to support and answer questions because things will come up yeah. Um, and yeah i mean practicing on as many people as we and it's okay to use the word practice because you know we're always learning and growing Absolutely. and i think that's the thing that healers or teachers do is, is they think they have to be in a certain place and you know coaches as well I, I think if we're just even a few steps ahead of our client that's okay that's enough to so, show so it's okay to to learn as you go Mm, absolutely. Yeah. People, people say, "Oh, you're dealing with trauma." You know, that's a really, uh, really touchy subject, and you, mm -hmm. you need training. And yeah, sure, you can do some deep trauma training, uh, but I don't underestimate the people's ability to, you know, as long as you give them the support they need to be able to process their stuff as well. Absolutely. You know? Do you also find yeah. that actually trauma releases quite quickly? If it's, I mean, just yeah, yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> you know. I find it that very interesting that people make such a big deal of trauma and of course, sure, I mean, um, that that's right, but you don't need to talk for three years about something to release it. It's more like if you don't <laughs> get to the energy of it, it's not going to release. You can talk about it as much yes. as you like. But that's exactly it. Yeah. And that's what I always explain. You feel something inside of you guys, you feel a shift or a click or yeah, something, yeah. You you know, you tapped into the energy of it. Actually, can I just share, because I've, I don't think I've shared mm -hmm. this before, but it was so, so amazing. I, I worked with someone and it wasn't really a, a real session. We pretty much just did this just to, because it, 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 it um, says something about how powerful the energy of trauma is. And we didn't go much into belief work or anything. It was a lady from Africa and she had been, had genital mutilation and just ended up at my home mm -hmm. and allowed her to do washing and stuff. And we ended up, as it happens, uh, in, in doing a clearing on, on this. And as I released the trauma from that, um, it 
literally felt like a whole body orgasm. It was so weird for both of us in that moment. You know, wow. I just stayed there healing and we sat at the table and it was like this energy just got, like rushing through my body. And she was also like, oh, my, like, like, a, like lightning or something. And I could feel like I've Holy. never felt anything quite as strongly. So just to explain how this is really like an energy that is like, obviously then information and emotions are packed with it and a story and it's not like she was healed mm -hmm. after that I, uh, there was a lot more victimhood around you know that we, we didn't end up working on or anything but it was super interesting just that one that release of of, of the energy um so fascinating that is fascinating and i think maybe that was what it takes mm -hmm. to get to the underlying stuff right it was like yes, there's more work she'll probably do around it for sure. But if we can just connect with that, it sounds like a pretty major shift. It almost like it opens up the channel for all the other little, little stuff to be healed and released as well. Yeah, I sure hope so. But it was definitely, I mean, it, I was so surprised. It was so weird. <laughs> so yeah, with, You felt it through your body too. So strongly. And then it was this, what my Powerful. brain judged to be this huge issue, obviously, because we, 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 I mean, that's judgment too. I think we don't think of judgment as being sympathy, but if you're like, Oh, this really heavy trauma and you're, it's like, that's also pointing your finger at something, making it really a big deal, which is, it's that. weird because it's a, oh, 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 baby. yeah, exactly. I know we make it a big deal. <laughs> and in the end, it's, I think it's a confusion with compassion, isn't it? If we, it's, but it's not compassionate to make something so huge and heavy for them, basically. Well, I'll talk about words having, you know, power, right? Trauma is, <laughs> it's, it's a big word. It has a lot of weight to it. So it's interesting. I don't do you even address generally trauma like to use that. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you, do you no. use it in, in your sessions? Do you use or you do, do you address trauma per se, or is it more something that happens when it happens? And Yeah, well, I don't often use the word, although in, yeah. in my advanced training, we do do a family tree of trauma just to kind of track our patterns and where they may come from in our family, which is really interesting to do. But in terms of running regular sessions, I rarely use the word. But, uh, you know, it, what I try to do is normalize. I think I do that really well because I have kind of seen it all and I've heard it all and I've experienced a lot of trauma in my own life. So I think if I just try to normalize what they've gone through, you know, and not make a huge deal about it, but also access, you know, whatever needs to be released in order to, for them to feel better. But so I, I don't use the word trauma a lot but I will definitely get very specific about what's gone on in their life and, you know, what their blocks are and, and do my best to help them clear it. Beautiful. Thank you for, for putting that so well. And if people now want to work with you, how can they approach that? Yeah, there's, there's a few ways. I mean, if people just want to kind of, check out the work, you know, doing a group, an online group, as you know, it's done on webinars as well. So I don't, you know, I don't even see you. It's very like you can hide out at home and just try it. Uh, I do regular Saturday classes that are also recorded that people could access with different themes each week. So that's a good way to check it out. Or, you know, for those who are really serious about digging in and changing some of these patterns, uh, private sessions are always the best 
online is just as powerful as in person. And, you know, I normally suggest at least four sessions to kind of peel back the layers and, you know, really, really commit to at least four weeks of working together with breathwork. So there's lots of options. You know, I have a three month program for those really serious about, about digging in uh, deals with the past, the present, and then the future of where they want to go as well. But yeah, a number of ways, a number of ways to work with me. Amazing. Wow. That program actually sounds really powerful. And well, and then you have your breathwork training, of course. Um, so uh, right. For those, yeah, for those who are really wanna... keen. <laughs> to get into yeah. It. And sometimes people do the training just so they can deepen their own, you know, breathwork experience, right. Oh. Or, or just share it with some family and some friends. So it's, it's great for people like that. Yeah. So I do a, a six week online, it's called introduction to breathwork healer training, but it's really more than an intro. It gives you everything you need to, to run a breathwork business and to run sessions. And then I do an advanced training. It's five weeks online, which goes a lot more into uh, details, uh, a lot more details, but the intro is a great way to start too. I absolutely agree. <laughs> I can just recommend your work so much. Anything uh, I've tried with you um, and experienced with you has been just phenomenal. And I have so enjoyed talking to you as well. I, yeah, I'm very grateful for your time and I hope people will really get um, a lot out of it and I'm sure they will. And I'll link all your details underneath the episode so people can find you really easily as well. Oh, that would be great. This has been such a great conversation. I, I feel such a bond with you, Same. even from day one, you know? Yeah, I agree. Really. It's like kindred it's just, spirit. It feels so funny, like how these, um, you know, when you trace the connections, you know, through Polly and yeah. it's like this family that's meeting again. It's not like I, you know, Polly is just someone I've worked with, not like I have much contact with her or anything, but it still yeah. feels on the energetic level, it feels like we're all meant to give each other these pieces and, you know, of support and input. And Oh, oh definitely. It's, uh, it's such a blessing, honestly. Oh. So thank you for talking about my favorite subject in the whole <laughs> world. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> oh, and uh, you said also you're having a podcast come out soon. So I'm excited to, uh, yeah, to, to, you know to to hear that when when it comes out and to oh yeah i will definitely give you more info and by the way if if anybody listening to your podcast uh, is interested in, do, in trying a private session um, i'm happy to do a hundred dollars off the first session oh wow that's so, great well yeah just yeah that you've listened to this and get in touch with with you directly i guess for sure amazing thank you very kind uh well love to you and your a uh, new baby and your family and you have a good day over in california <laughs> I will. I'm you, <laughs> yeah you have a great sleep <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so much for sharing space and time with us during this episode of how do you heal if you found this conversation inspiring we'd love for you to share it with your friends subscribe to be notified when a new episode is on air and Obviously, we'd also be so thrilled if you left us a review. Have an amazing rest of your day and hear you soon.